All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all are not this is ready. Uh, Black. Y'all Black. Get ready. Table. Table. Read. Uh, yeah. Let's go. Black Table Read. We the team to get you focused. Hey. We the hottest. We the baddest. We the boldest. Turn up the volume. It's your people. Yeah, you know this. Young Black artists in the fold. Yeah, we own it. Yeah. Hey guys, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. This is Black Table Read. I am your host, Mr. J.S. Clyde, a.k.a. Mr. King Petty himself. So good to be back. Oh man, it is good to be back to the table, back recording, back just, you know, just on the airwaves. This is great. Uh, still shout out to my sis, Miss Lydia Iku. Uh, miss her dearly, and I can't wait for her to be back. But again, uh, we had a great host last week with Miss Brittany Miniweather, and we got a dope, 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 dope co-host with me today, uh, Miss Diani Rodriguez. Some of you might have seen her recently in uh, NBC's The Blacklist as Miss Weecha. Uh, she is a force here in the Atlanta theater community and just is a all-around wonderful person. So she's going to join me today. So y'all give it up for Miss Diani Rodriguez. It's it's fine. I was just giggling. So. I'm not giggling. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to the show. Thank you. Oh man, yeah. I I tell you, like when you hopped on, I was like, I'm I'm gonna just be fanboying. It. I'm gonna just be fanboying, and it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Um, nah. Congrats on everything with Blacklist, and I mean, even before you left, uh, over. I want to say, was it the summer y'all did nine? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, just out here doing all the things. So, yeah. uh, no, it's it's great to have you. Great to have you. We had been talking, uh, me and Liddy, for a while about trying to get more guests and kind of anteing up for the uh, upcoming season. And, of course, your name came up. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, we got to get it. We got to ah. get it. <laughs> well, I remember you guys reached out to me, I think, sometime last year. Maybe? Yeah. Yeah. And it just didn't work out. Or I think you two had sort of maybe taken a break. I think. Yeah. We were we were busy, booked and blessed, you know, all the things. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're we're gonna have a, a hopefully when everything gets everybody gets back from their respective contracts, we'll get everybody on board for a massive thing that we had started working on. So I'm excited for that uh conversation. But uh if you don't know, we always start our podcast off with the black top. This is kinda like where we talk about it, all things that happened in pop news and politics, all the things, because, you know, that's life and we got to cover it. So, uh, Diani, I'm going to start us off. This is something interesting about Sean Penn. Uh, if that name sounds familiar, it should. Uh, but he was discussing a um, an upcoming movie that he is, I want to say, directing. It's an independent um film but it's a film that he's got called flag day and you know during his interview circuit he was asked about like the american dream and all these kind of things and then it kind of like veered into a like weird direction where people were kind of giving him like the eyes because it was like oh so he thinks according to mr sean penn uh that men have now been uh what did he say let me make sure i'm quoting this right on it uh feminized 
uh, you know, he, he's quoted <laughs> by saying, he said, I'm in a club that believes that men in American culture have become wildly feminized. I don't think that being a brute or having insensitivity or disrespect for women is anything to do with masculinity or ever did. But I don't think that in order to be fair to women, we should become them. Oh, that's a lot. That's a, that that's a lot to to dissect. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot going on there, Sean. Um that's some clear misogyny and sexism just right on the Just right just right there in in black and white. And that's And a, a little uh homophobia, too. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't <laughs> I don't think like I'll say it like this. I had a um I I talk about this all the time. I never am in fear of my masculinity. You know, I was raised by two women. Uh, my mom and my grandmother i've always had this this thing about this care for women of you know all and there was a situation that um not even a situation it was really fun and now it's become like a thing and i love it where i was having a cast party at my house and i'm making food i cook that's my thing you know they taught me how to cook and i was making this chicken salad and one of my cast members was in there and they were like all right auntie jay and i was like what and now it's just been a thing, like, but I, at no point was I like, I'm a, mm, I'm, I'm a big, strong, you know, it's like, yeah, all right, Don't call me auntie, I'm a man. Yeah. It's like, that's our thing, you know, it, and, but it's the connection that me and that person had that they, but at no point that I was like, yeah, I'm gonna go lift a bunch of weights now. Cause I've been labeled an auntie. I mean, I don't think that's how masculinity works. And I think this is kind of where that masculine fragility kind of comes from. It's like, if I'm even being a, a small little microscope of like sensitivity, then it's like, oh, oh, I'm already in question. My, you know, the feminine, yeah. it's like, that's not how it works. No. And it's ridiculous. It's so like, there is just so much to unpack. There's, there are layers upon layers upon layers, honestly, on, uh, on top of every like American construct, you know, mm -hmm. but like, but like the sort of worldview of like masculinity and femininity, femininity is just ridiculous. Yeah. Because like you, like I said, he, it's, it's as if if you were considered if they called you, you know, Auntie Jarius, you were you would be like, no, I am not a woman because you are calling me Auntie. But what you are actually saying is, no, I am not a woman because that word makes me feel inferior somehow. Because yeah. apparently, to be likened to a woman is worse. Also, cooking is only a woman's job, and <laughs> a woman belongs in the kitchen. Like, there's just it's so like, many it's layers. Just so many layers. <laughs> like, who's just like there are some of the fucking i think most actually of the five star chefs that are recognized anyway in the states and across the world are men yeah. so what are you saying to the, are those men less masculine you know quote unquote it's so, it's just ridiculous like i'd like to know what sean penn's definition of being feminized is is it is it using your brain before screaming is it yeah. not is it you know using your words instead of your fists is it drinking straight out of a milk carton versus pouring mm. it into a glass like how ridiculous yeah. are these definitions of masculinity and femininity that yeah. you're going to be beholden to to keep you smaller yeah because i'm like i i enjoy cooking <laughs> yeah. i very much enjoy cooking i iron my shirt i know how to stitch you know but not even those things i have ever seen as like being feminine it was just ways of like yeah. surviving like my grandmother taught me how to cook as a way to when I got on my own, which I am now. I knew how to like take care of myself. I can make, you know, anything from breakfast desserts. Mm, not really my thing, but, you know, I can make everything from breakfast to dinner. You know, I can 
function as a person if I, you know, rip something in my pants. I know how to put it back together. Like, yeah, it's it's basic things, Sean. It's basic yeah. things. That's all and that's is. the thing. It's just, I don't know, It you know, not to sound too like frou-frou and woo-woo, but gender is a construct. Mm-hmm. Gender is just a construct. It is literally what you make up of it in your own brain. Yeah. And the, you know, it's, I will always say this, it's, it's another function of the white, of white supremacy. It's a part mm-hmm. of the white supremacist system. So like, I kind of feel bad for you, Shantan, that you are <laughs> trapped in that because you're 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 trapped in your own mind. Because yeah. not everyone else thinks that. Sure, nope, a lot of other nope. people think that, but I would argue they are also just as trapped. Yeah. Oh, and and a great segue, uh, a part of white supremacy. Uh, we <laughs> had a real shakeup in literature recently. Oh, so we of course we? know that like a lot of the the Bible Belt and Southern places are have this whole critical race theory problem and and things about how we're teaching race and so they've gone as far as now mouse the pulitzer prize winning graphic novel about the experience of the holocaust survivors uh has recently been banned by tennessee school board um yeah what i remember reading this in high school like (laughs) i remember like one yeah because it's a series of graphic novels. So, yeah, I remember reading this in high school and, like, having a better understanding of it. I mean, the illustration, I'm a I'm a comic reader anyways, so to have an illustration of something like that is, like, okay, I, I, I get a better sense of what's what has happened, what has taken place. But, yeah, they have banned it. Um, and I think... I think the uh the board was what do they say trying to find it yeah so the values of the country are understood there is some rough objectable language in this book and (laughs) knowing that and hearing from many of you and discussing it two or three of you came by my office to discuss so basically like they are citing because of its language and like nudity or whatever they don't feel comfortable um having it in the school system and you know, I honestly think it has nothing to do with that. And of course, most of us with two cents of a brain are like, yeah, y'all just don't like that. It talks about the Holocaust and makes people look bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's, that's all it is. And what's funny, I was trying to find it. Um, I'd read two separate stories about it. Um, one that there's a bookstore in Tennessee that was like, Okay, well then here's what we'll do. Uh, we're going to start a GoFundMe. We're taking donations. We're going to give this book for free to anyone who wants to read it. Um, and their 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 um, GoFundMe had reached like 119 million, and now they're like wow. having to take on extra staff just for this part of like the wow. mouse book giveaway, which I think is fucking gorgeous and beautiful. Yeah. Um, and they're like, you know, any teacher that wants to teach it, any come to us. We will give you a copy of this graphic novel for free so i thought that was fucking gorgeous yeah. so you know, like haha fuck you tennessee school words <laughs> but also then i saw um another story about a woman who went to the school board meeting uh with a list of other books that had been banned and it mm. included and I, I was trying to find it um i was trying to look it up but i couldn't find it but it included things like um like the bible <laughs> wow um which so again we- so I we banned Jesus now. Okay. Uh, yeah, you know, um, 
And I, I remember there was a quote when I think the school board president or the woman who brought it to the attention of the school board, again, I'm just loosely putting these threads together, but they were no, like, you, you know, I think based on this list, you're not taking me very seriously. And they were like, yeah, no, because this is stupid. <laughs> no, it is. It is like literature. I mean, it, it's it's a way of escapism for a lot of for a lot of people, depending on what it is. But it also is meant to be informative. Hence why during the uh, slavery era, it was slaves are discouraged to read. You read to gain knowledge and therefore expanding your ability to do things. And yeah. so I would say these these kids that graduate from Tennessee, they're going to be a, le- a little less uh, expanded. <laughs> no, I must say, I mean, if they drop by that bookstore, I'm going to look it up here eventually yeah. and drop that name because I want, I want people to know about that bookstore. Oh, yeah. Oh, but yeah. I will also say, like, um, I don't want to say where's the line because I, especially, like, when it comes to matters of equity and people tell me where's the line and I'm like, mm-hmm. you let me draw it then. You, If you don't know where the line is, you just pay attention to me. You follow me. Yeah. So I'm not going to ask them, you know, like, anti, I guess, literacy. <laughs> no, uh, anti-truth. <laughs> yeah, anti-truthers. <laughs> um, I would never ask them where's the line because, of course, they feel like they have the right to make that line. And I'm like, sure, whatever. I, okay. That's fine. <laughs> but I will ask, like, what is the issue? Yeah. Because, again, it's like the other thing we were talking about where there's layers upon layers upon layers. Okay, your original... Your original issue with CRT mm-hmm. was that you don't want to teach racism at this early an age. Okay, mm-hmm. sure. Um, so then let's teach it on the basis of like how white people can help. Well, we don't want to demonize white people. Oh, mm-hmm. okay, so that's not the issue. So then let's so then let's talk about teaching history as it actually is. Well, history as it actually is makes us look bad. So let's, uh, let's, we'll teach that. Sure. But let's wait till they're older. Oh, okay. So we're, we're back on the age thing. Okay. So that's fine. That's fine. So then what do you say to kids like me, Diani Rodriguez, who is reading at a 10th grade level, level in second grade? Mm. What do you, what do you say to people like, so I'm, this is wrong and I'm, clearly too stupid and underdeveloped to understand what I'm reading, but I'm devouring 700 page novels in the stall at break time when I'm supposed to be napping. Like (laughs) I understand it. I love it. I'm just as affected by it. It has created what I think is a very well-rounded and well-read human adult. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what exactly is the issue besides you are losing control and you're trying to kick and scream in any way possible to to gain a tiny bit of control? Like, is that, is this power, just the temper? Power tantrum? always wants to stay in power. That's yeah. always and the crazy if thing. If you is, can explain to me your issue, then mm-hmm. then we can talk. But you are you're continually moving <laughs> the line. <laughs> the line. <laughs> no, but you said something that was interesting. I didn't think about it until just now. But I was introduced to racism at a young age. Uh and and so are racist people being taught <laughs> at a young age. Because yeah. I'll never forget. Uh, we were living in Riverdale, uh, Georgia at this point in my life. I had to be no more, I'm like maybe like six or seven. I'm at an arcade or something like that. And I'm playing the X-Men game, The you know, one of my favorite games to play. And I think I was taking too long because I was winning because I'm good at video games. And this like little white kid comes out of nowhere. It's like, I want to play. I was like, I, well, I'm playing. Like, let me, let me at least lose. And it's like, fine. I was like, whoa, what? 
The stakes got so high so I was quickly. Like, it's just Wolverine. Like he's just <laughs> he's just killing Sentinels. And like it was it was it was one of those like I had to go talk to my mom after it was like, so I got called. What does this mean? And she had to explain to me like what it was. So I mean, people are being taught one way or another. Yeah. So I, I, like I said, they just keep moving the line and it's like, okay. Yeah, it's it's like it's honestly let's let's talk about let's talk about what your real issue is. Then we can have a grown up ass conversation. Yeah. But this farce that you're playing out at the expense of your children's educations, at yeah. the expense of the American child's education, and honestly, better understanding of his own place or her own place or their own place in history and on this on in this country as mm-hmm. they know it. It's it's ridiculous and like and it's you know we know you know i know many not stupid people know this is over again overwhelmingly a white person bandwagon mm-hmm. a white human bandwagon um so what are you saying white parents number mm-hmm. one that black and brown parents don't exist is that what you're saying uh, are you saying also that not only do black and brown parents not exist but they obviously if they do exist don't know how to parent but also, what are you saying to those little five and six and seven year old black and brown children who do fucking understand racism mm-hmm. and and have had ra- don't can't escape it? What are are you so willing to assert your privilege that you're not willing to teach your child about racism, or are you do you think that those black and brown do you not uh, believe their life experience? Like there are so many questions to be asked, mm-hmm. and either way, you generally again i'm speaking in generalities generally white parent generally white woman parent who i think may be a little stupid or a little self-serving or a little bit selfish or a little bit many um unkind and ungraceful things what are you saying yeah again be honest about what your end game is and then we can have a conversation but right now your shit's all over the place <laughs> you don't look like you know what you're talking about so of course i'm gonna call you stupid you stupid dummy <laughs> <laughs> we well, heard it here first, Miss Deani Rodriguez, stupid dummy. <laughs> bunch of stupid all dummies. the other people, bunch of stupid dummies. Clown shoes, man. Oh, Get it man. together. Well, we got one last thing to talk about. I think it's a pretty big one. Uh, we got a new judge we got to find for the yeah. Supreme Court. Uh, yeah. Justice uh, Breyer is retiring. Um, he's one of the uh, more, I guess, quote unquote, like liberal judges. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, and so now Biden, uh, they had a press conference the other day. I watched a little bit of it, but has is backing his uh, presidential run promise to nominate a woman of color, a black woman, a black woman, a black woman, not even a black woman. And he has a short list of people um, that he's looking at. And I just I mean, like we I mean, we talked about this before we started recording, but there's there's like six conservative judges right now. And I personally, I'm like, the odds still look like really slanted based off of that. Yeah. Um, I personally like the, the justice, the justice system, say words, <laughs> the justice system as, as a black man is very scary. Yeah. Um, I still get panic attacks if a cop is behind me. And I'm doing everything fine. Uh, I got pulled over uh, back in October. I was in Sarasota, Florida. I was working. And I knew my 
left side of my uh, headlight was faulty. I needed to get the wire and I just hadn't had time to do it. And I got pulled over and I had a friend of mine was in the car with me and it was like one of those like one cop is like on this back part of my passenger side and then the other one kind of like comes like right where my driver's side back window and I'm like hey um and so even in that moment I'm like what where is this about to go <laughs> where what is happening and so even with with judges as as this high of court it's like what things are going to happen you know, on a scale that's much grander. I mean, you know, you got people trying to overturn uh, Roe versus Wade and I mean, just all these different things popping up. It's like, what's going to happen to what we know now is already a very fragile United States and fractured and divided. What happens when certain things need to be put up to them? How How is it going to reflect and then have repercussions as we go forward? I think is what I'm questioning like i'm excited for the the change of guard as as you will but i'm also still kind of like this gives me heart palpitations (laughs) yeah because the court stays in place the court you're you're nominated to the supreme court and you are a judge in perpetuity you until you die or until you retire yeah which is fucking ridiculous we need to do something about our goddamn we need we need terms judicial branch of government uh, yeah. But there is a lot of stuff to unpack about that too, though, because again, um, you know, if 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 a not not a progressive, please, uh, Joe Biden is not a progressive. Um, mm. He's barely a Democrat. Um, he's great. a bit of a big pussy, actually. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, Mr. <laughs> Biden, President Biden. You know, I you know. I didn't want to vote for you. I will be real honest. And I only voted for you after you, you know, you you were primaried. Um, but <laughs> it's a lesser of two evils. <laughs> yeah, but that's neither here nor there. Um, the lesser he's proving to have been simply uh, a, a lowercase evil of two evils, and one of them being uppercase. Because he, mm-hmm. what have you fucking done? Yeah. What have you fucking done? Um, and you insist, you insist on bipartisanship with people who don't give a fuck about you at mm-hmm. the expense of the American people. And specifically the American, uh, the expense of the black woman. Like, let's be mm-hmm. real honest. Um, but uh, there's so much, there's so much to unpack because even if, even if the most progressive, like she's had 70 abortions and, and she, you know, doesn't believe in, in a God and she, you know, and she is a flower child and she, and she doesn't even consider herself a she, she's a they, them, like the most liberal, the most progressive female, maybe identifying black judge, but race is also a construct, judge is appointed to the Supreme Court. It wouldn't matter because he, uh, Joe Biden refuses to expand the Supreme Court. So it's still overwhelmingly conservative, not even conservative. It is overwhelmingly radicalized, mm-hmm. radical right. Yeah. Um. What Amy Comey, Amy Comey, Amy Comey Barrett. Comey? Barrett. Yeah. With the appointment of Barrett, Barrett and, and Kavanaugh before that. So like, yeah. I mean, you know, you have a fucking forced murder and a rapist and just yeah. Um, like last minute. And unless. Mm-hmm. And unless, not to mention, uh, in uh, Justice. Um, oh, I can't remember the other white male who's the same. Uh, whatever. They're yeah. all they're all the same unless they're not. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not going to change, right? Yeah. Even if the most radicalized 
all the way to the left, a judge is appointed. But not only that, we could, we could, as the American electorate, try and take things into our control on the more local side of things, because local judges have so much more power than the Supreme Court has on any case's trip up the ladder, right? Mm. But we're so focused on this, and this is, quite frankly, a lost cause. No one with the power is willing to do anything to change this right now, right? So we need to assert our power on the lower election scale, on the local scale. We need to start getting out there. We need to start, number one, becoming attorneys. And then number two, we need to start becoming appointed to judges. There are so many things we need to do, including changing legislation on the local level for the uh, the judicial arm. There's just so much. There's so much to well, it. Well, I don't. I don't know if it's if I can go back and do more school to be an attorney, but I can at least do my part on the ah, <laughs> yeah. on some level. Uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, so many things. But all right, y'all. Well, that was the blacktop. Uh, so many things. So many things. But we will be right back. We're gonna take a little break, uh, pay some bills, and then we'll be back in time for the table read. Y'all keep it locked. Hey, welcome back, guys. We are back. We are back with Black Table Read. And we are back with the uber, uber talented and amazing Mr. Yanni Rodriguez here with us today. So it is time for the table read. All right. I don't know about y'all and Yanni. We've talked about it online a lot, but in Kanto. In Kanto. (laughs) Sorry. I wasn't ready. (laughs) In Kanto. I mean, this, this, this movie is taken the world by storm uh lin-manuel miranda does it again you know it's it's really it's really something i need to watch it again i've I've missed some things i've seen some things and i just need to i'm pretty sure i i play we don't talk about bruno at least three it's gone down it's at least three times in a day while i'm in my car so we're 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 getting better we're i finally don't hear it in my sleep which is great Um, you know what's funny mine was never bruno i mean i like it fine don't get me wrong but uh, mine was always uh, surface pressure that one actually has now surpassed uh on the charts it's actually uh surpassed uh bruno now so well i mean these people are late to the fucking party you know we're late we're late i'm hoping the next one will be all of you all of you because that, surface pressure in all of you, I I straight up will like walk three miles on accident because it's New York, yeah. and I will have that song on a loop, and it never fails. Every time, they're like, you know, what's that? And the the townspeople are like, uh, yeah. yeah, oh no, that 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 Every part time. is like, I pretend like I'm I'm like I'm Belle, and I'm in their flat like birds flying and landing on my <laughs> shoulder, like, ooh, oh man. But it's interesting and, and kind of what, so so this title for this episode is We Are Family. Uh, and I think Encanto did something intriguing that I don't think I have seen in a Disney movie. And I could be wrong. There is no quote unquote villain. There is just a family with family things. And, you know, I think the house is, you know, the, whatever's happened to the house is one like conflict but there's like things within the family. And I just found that so interesting after reading fan theories and whatnot. I was like, 
we should talk about families like family and 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 like i said surface pressure is all about the pressure and you know you see these characters and so we're just we're just going to talk about some things so i'm going to pose a question to you because you know we always got to start things uh do you think that um our generation because also in the movie we talk about generational kind of splits you got abuela and then um you have uh i'm blanking on our mary's hall yes yeah uh kind of this split between uh abuela's generation of doing things versus mary saul's so do you think in in real life that there is kind of a divide or split between the old guard or the old generation and our generation and how we live our lives and how we look at family yeah absolutely i mean it's undeniable but i also think it's kind of every generation every generation grows beyond whatever limitations and older or i don't know older is silly the preceding generation yeah. you know um uh, discussions on mental health mm. uh, discussion on discussions on you know like now we are so much more open talking about you know oh i need this pill or that pill because i'm feeling depressed or i'm we talk we talk about our feelings as yeah. opposed to in the preceding generations those those talks being considered moments of weaknesses or signs of weakness mm. um and as far as family goes absolutely i i read i'm a voracious reader i read like i will read three four books a week uh it's pretty ridiculous but i um Read, I, I try to read mostly authors of color and I and which means you start to read you start to learn about other cultures but you also start to learn about different family structures from mm-hmm. other cultures um, and it's so interesting that uh, for example like Middle Eastern family culture and Asian family culture they uh, all live in the same home multiple generations mm-hmm. um, it's a very it's something that also is very prevalent in Latina culture uh, you know we live in generational uh, family homes, but the younger you are, the more our more recent generations, instead of seeking to like learn from your elders, now it seems like these newer generations are seeking independence and freedom. Mm-hmm. So a mark of having made it, as opposed to being able to have a home that can house all of your family, now a mark of being of having made it, as far as these different cultural fam- familial norms, is I have a home to myself. I have a home to myself with multiple rooms. Ooh, child, yes. Yeah, <laughs> it's completely different. And, oh, yeah. you know, and I can afford to house my older generation family in a different home, or I can mm-hmm. afford to get them live in care, but it is not me because we are, we have a different understanding of family now. Like it's, yeah. it's very interesting how that yeah. has changed. And even being as, as an artist, uh, chosen family. Um, oh yes. <laughs> I would like to. I, I personally, and and you, I I think the sentiment is is probably the same. Atlanta is such an interesting place. Um, and I grew up here in Atlanta. You know, I went to Public Brook High School. You know, I'm I'm grew up over in the West End, off of Cascade and Allegheny near Dunley. Like, lived in Riverdale. I I'm an ATLian all the way. Um, and when I was getting done with my master's, you know, my master's is in vocal performance. And I was doing opera and that kind of stuff. And I hadn't really ventured into the theater realm of things. But then when I got into it, it was just like, oh my, 
there's so many people uh but then i gravitated to like my my chosen people uh or they gravitated to me or whatever but now it's like i have these pockets of people that i you know call on for this or you know put me on for this and it's just great like it's it's a chosen family i still have you know most of my family bloodline is blood related is here and and you know i uh, my mom and my grandmother and uh, my stepdad live together and all this kind of stuff and then it was like when i got my place by myself i was like all right this is great i feel very much independent i love but our relationship also changed too because i want to say it, it kind of grew in a way it expanded um because you know i'm doing the artist thing i'm living alone and all this kind of stuff and but they they don't have as much um easy access as they would like so i know that's a different type of uh that was a different thing for them to get accustomed to because you know before it was just like jay's down the hall and now it's like all right jay's across town and i gotta call him to make sure he's home and also let him know i'm coming <laughs> so i was like look call before you come uh i hate for you to get a surprise uh that you may or may not want <laughs> um but I, I, I do think there, I take a lot from, I had this small, like little uncomfortable thing. I was telling a friend about this yesterday where I had to explain the, the concept of pronouns to oh, uh, black uh, Christian church people. And it was just very much just like, ugh. Okay, all right. And then all, all of a sudden, next one, I don't know, it's like 30 minutes and I've been talking about what it means to be an ally. And I was just like, what's what's happening here? Why y'all can't learn this? <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I was like, why did I become the spokesperson? I'm just, I, I just live in the world. I observe, I talk, I communicate. And, and, and I think um, even in terms of that, you know, just like that, that chosen family. Um, I know a lot of times like most we wish we could change our families depending on our circumstances um i know for me i actually just had this conversation with my therapist today um trying to figure out my way through my you know like my father's side of that family and how to navigate that because i'm so different uh from them and but i'm like mm. but i feel the pressure of trying to kind of like uh mary saw trying to prove my worth to to them and so i gravitated I, if anybody's character in that movie i think i gravitated to mary saw it's like but i'm also special i may not be doing x y and z but i'm pretty dope i like to think so <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know it's and it's funny um i often i push back a little bit on the notion that the movie doesn't have oh can you hear me yeah i can hear you oh I just saw you being like, what's, what's, um. <laughs> no, sorry. I, I like was clear my, uh, my notes. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't want to hear this. I was like, Jarius, do I need to send help? What's no, up? no, you're good. Um, I pushed back a little bit on the notion that, you know, Encanto doesn't have a villain because maybe it doesn't have a, like an, uh, archetypal villain, you know, for, mm -hmm. like a Disney style villain, Yeah. but it definitely has an antagonist in the grandmother. Um, yeah. she's the one that motivates the, the precipitating action, you know, um, mm -hmm. um, cause it's not the house, 
like the house is cracking, sure, mm-hmm. but the house itself is telling you it's because of this this pressure that the grandmother's putting on you. Like it, um, so sure, not a villain, but like I think it also speaks to again dynamics of the modern family versus dynamics of the you know stereotypically traditional family. Yeah. Um, I was, I read, a, I'm in the process of reading a book right now. Um, not all the light we cannot see. No, that's another book. It's a, I can't remember the name of this book, um, but it's a good book. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it uh, takes place in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the woman talks about, and this is not just in family culture. This is in um, Japanese culture. Like every, you there are, there, it's not a caste system. It's not like in India, but it's a mm-hmm. like a system of reverence. Um, and the older you are, the more reverence you are owed, right? So she was, um, the author was talking about how uh, she was like, oh, you know, I was in such a hurry. I boarded the elevator before my betters. Uh, and I'm like, and I'm like reading thinking, what the fuck does that even mean before my betters? And she <laughs> betters. goes and describes how if she had been paying attention, she would have allowed everyone who was older than her or seemingly older than her to board first. And then she would have stood in front next to the buttons and asked politely everyone in order of reverence what floor they're going to because they shouldn't have to touch buttons. They should be allowed first onto the elevator and they should board first closest to the doors and then less reverence closer to the back so they can be first on the elevator and first off of the elevator. Wow. is how you honor your betters. Uh, same with family, you know, like mm-hmm. same with the, whether they live with you or whether, you know, your sign of independence now in the, in the modern family is buying your own home and taking care of yourself. Yeah. But it it's, uh, Encanto reminded me a lot of that because I think that Marisol is sort of like the perfect blend, gladly and gleefully lives with her family, feels inferior because her family speaks her family only values one specific kind of we can call it job and like if you're in the theater or if you're in any sort of arts unless you have like great super awesome super supportive parents Mm -hmm. they're gonna any version of not understand your career choices and demonize and think you're bad and think you're less than because of your career choices like it spans this whole spectrum but she's the perfect between because she loves living with her family but she hates living in the room where she basically has to help raise the youngers. Yeah. She loves and you know values all these families' beautiful treat or treasures, but she feels lesser than because she doesn't have a what she thinks is plainly out there a yeah. gift. Yeah. You know, like, there's so many beautiful things to discover and to learn about modern modern family versus like a traditional family. It's, it's such a good movie. Everyone. But but and uh, and in view of family, uh, you know, this is an animated family. But I feel like, um, and even for me, um, the concept of a family or this view of family has kind of been. We've seen the progression of it over uh, television and film for years. You know, we started out with like the Brady, you know, the Brady bunches, and and you know. Uh, What's the, uh, not the, I was going to say the Partridge family. Or is it the Partridge family? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Partridge. Partridge family, uh, all in the family. Like you see the progression. And then we got to a point where like back in 2000, whenever that is, Modern Family came out. 
and we saw a completely new type of you know family and so for for me what is if we were ever looking what gives us the best view of what family should be like where can we find that type of view me personally i think it's what you make it um i didn't like i said i was raised by my grandmother and my mother uh my dad wasn't really around um you know he had his he had his his own <laughs> he had another family uh with my stepmom and my sisters and all that kind of stuff so you know wasn't really around but i still kind of know what i want out of a family you know i want me and whoever i decide to marry uh you know i want children all in the house uh supportive i want to be able to explore things and, and make discoveries you know but also you know i i want them to know that they have options to do just about anything um and i don't think i've 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 never watched a tv series maybe blackish uh, but i was like oh there it is there there's the family I think I've kind of like taken bits and pieces as I've gone through life. And it's like, oh, I kind of want that a little bit of that in my family and a little bit of that, you know. So, by no means am I ready to have a family, though. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm nowhere at that point. I'm like, I'm still out here hustling. Like, I'm still, I'm still like, I'm about to book two different flights to go to two different places this week. Like, I'm. We, you know, we don't stop. But at a certain point, yeah, I would. I would love to have a family. It's legacy. It's passing. You know, creating good humans and and sending them out to the world, and be like, don't come back <laughs> at no yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's for me. Yeah, I, I absolutely am a believer in family is what you make of it, mm. um, and family is what you make. Period. I I think, but I think I honest I in my point of view, we've actually often had we've been blessed enough. If you if you look for it. We, at least in modern cinema and modern media, have had had more than one specific type of family mm. that we've gotten to see. Like Facts of Life, yeah, is a, a multi generational, you know, blood family, not blood family. Like um, I thought that was beautiful. Like Mrs. Roper and Tootie, you know, like that's I thought that was quite that was uh, quite prescient for its time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I also think um, the Jeffersons. Uh, you know, um, I also think if we're looking at representations of family now, I think This Is Us is probably my perfect, like, the perfect family to me. But then you see uh, families that are the kind that you make of it, like uh, uh, Sex in the City and Insecure. Yeah. Those women consider themselves family. Family, yeah. You know, like, they're, and their families, their blood families consider these women more, other children. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, even Euphoria. I fucking love Euphoria because <laughs> that is a dysfunctional, functional family. Like yeah. you're watching a single mom deal with the mother on drugs. You're watching a single father deal with a transsexual uh, daughter. Like yeah. I think these these representations of family that we are lucky enough to see now in real time. Are, yeah. yeah, are extraordinary. We're living in such a great yet still overwhelmingly white uh, yes. time for media right now. <laughs> no, it's, 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 it is great. It is great, um, like I said, to expand. Uh, I'm very much a, a person. I, I want to expand. I don't want to ever feel comfortable enough 
in my artistry or in my view of the world to be like, all right, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good yeah. learning. I'm done learning. I'm going to go like be a hermit now and just everything I know is facts now. Yeah. But no, it's uh I remember having a conversation with one of my chosen family, uh one of my fraternity brothers, uh Amon. Amon is um is is Indian. And we were having this we've always said like when we became when I got into the the brotherhood, you know, it's the black and the brown. That was kind of our thing, you know. And even so, it's we we were having a conversation. I don't know if it was about religion, but it was one of those deep conversations where we're trading our upbringing and ideology. And he's telling me about you know um, the the Hindu culture. I'm telling him about black culture and and everything. And we're just like, okay, so we there's some familiar ground amongst us, um, which is always weird to me about just how people view other races in general it's like we all at a certain point have very familial ground like we're pretty we're not too far degrees apart from each other like we all have similar struggles similar triumphs and things like that so why do we treat each other so differently (laughs) you know yeah yeah it's so it's and it's funny because when i was listening to all these shows i didn't even list my Two, my two favorite of all time representations of family in media, period. Um, and funny enough, both horrifically problematic. Now, my favorite show uh, of all time is, is Roseanne, mm. uh, which is, whoops, real problems. Yeah. But that was a show, <laughs> that was the first time I remember ever having seen like real shithead kids. Yeah. Shithead, disrespectful, like awful, and like two parents just trying to trying to figure out how the fuck to talk to these raging lunatic of children um and the cosby show Mm, it it was the same you know both of them horribly problematic (laughs) now but and then cosby show shifting into a different world where i was Mm. also taught how to make my own family yeah it was i those are those two shows are probably two of my favorite shows of all time i can quote them i've watched the entire run of every season of each show multiple times um, and it's funny that even though we've oftentimes been given such flawed yet beautiful representations of family, we still insist on assuming we're the only ones that do something some way, or we're the ones that do something the best way, and mm-hmm. we must judge how other people do things. It's crazy. It's crazy. Well, yeah. We should know better. We've been taught better. Well, I'll tell you like this. Just because you're taught doesn't mean you, you don't automatically do it. I know I was a terrible child at that. I was taught very well and still had my troubles yeah, <laughs> look yeah, look i'm pretty sure i was in the principal's office or somebody's office quite a lot <laughs> so uh but now look at me look at me i'm just i'm, just, <laughs> I'm a, a model citizen. citizen look like i'm a model citizen um but speaking of pressures there you know we talked about um surface pressure being you know kind of your favorite now um that's a big thing. That was a big thing for me to identify with um, in terms of these unspoken or spoken pressures that are put on us by family. Um, I know a lot of friends, you know, talk about, you know, my parents are, want me to be a doctor or, or a dentist or something, or they're pressuring me on when I'm going to have kids or when I'm going to be married. It's like, 
oh god yeah i have heard one and or all of these at one point or you know another and it's like why why do we why what's up with the the pressure and i and i think it's a uh, a trickle down effect from that generation's previous generation you know depending on where they lie that was put on them and now they're putting it on you and i think the same thing kind of happened uh in encanto it's like abuela is coming from this this part um and having to keep things like she said keep the miracle going and all this she's now putting pressure on all right i did my part i got us here i need y'all to keep it going um but it doesn't really serve anybody at a certain point because like anything if you apply the right amount of pressure it will break it will break so i'm like I know me personally, I've come to, I've had my breaking points with like expectations um, as it relates to, you know, I my, my, I would say my family is very supportive of me as an artist and everything, which I know not a lot of people are fortunate about, but there is this, there has been this pressure, at least growing up, uh, spoken and unspoken to be quote unquote perfect. Um, you know, my mom being a single mom, uh, I've always, you know, had to be certain, right, of, you know, assertive in my, my studies and that kind of stuff. And then I got to a point where it was like, all right, um, I just kind of got to keep it going. Like, never really easing up on the gas. Um, my grandmother still kind of works, but my grandmother's worked well into her 80s. So that then, like, gives me not much license to ever ease up so everybody makes this joke or makes this comment i'm trying to get like jerry is like jerry stay out here working it's like i i don't know i wouldn't say it like that uh yeah there is like you don't understand the pressure that jerry is put inflicts upon himself <laughs> that's the reason why he's yeah. called the hustle and he de- never sleeps you know yeah. he but that, but yeah yeah i was like i had a i had a whole uh, anxiety attack, which they've become much fewer thanks to therapy. Go to therapy, people. Uh, but yeah, I had this anxiety because I'm looking at my schedule. I'm like, all right, I got these recordings that I gotta get done. I got, um, I gotta go over here and make this graphic. Oh, dang, I gotta make two graphics. Okay, then I gotta go over here and practice these songs. And all right, I gotta look over this script. It's like my brain literally just saw deadline, 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 and my anxiety is just going up and up to the point where like I'm weeping. <laughs> I'm like literally weeping because my my I'm just tired. I'm frustrated. Like I was like, this is a lot, of, but it's all stems back to this unspoken thing of I need you to be like perfect. I need you to be a hustler. I need you to keep grinding and whatnot. I'm like, all right, but you know, it is what it is. But I've gotten better at it. Um, but I think I I think there there are various. In, in various cultures, I think I've, I've noticed this, especially um, friends who come from more of like an African or Caribbean background, uh, the pressure to pick the perfect job financially versus something that fulfills you. Um, and I, 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 I I'm, yeah, I couldn't imagine what that's like. Yeah. I really couldn't. I feel like it's kind of what's happening in Encanto. It's like, an, mm-hmm. it's, and it's a metaphor for other versions of that, you know, like uh, you could say that 
like Isabella and um, Luisa are an attorney and a doctor, right? Yeah. And Marisol is, she's a poet, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> she's um, the writer in the family. <laughs> she's the writer. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a real, I don't know, it's a real struggle. And it's, again, again, because everything comes down to race and white supremacist structures. It's yeah. that same thing of, you know, um, we erroneously sometimes, and can't help it, of course, but equate happiness with money and accolades mm. as opposed to genuine happiness. And I feel like sometimes parents do that to their children uh, because I think maybe I don't have children, but I assume that when you put something out into the world, you want it to be the happiest and best it can be. Yeah. And if, and if it's not measuring up to what your standard of happy is, then you maybe feel less than, or you feel like you have let this, this entity down, or you feel like you haven't done enough to set this entity up for success. Or, I mean, it's a vicious cycle, I think. Yeah. One thing I found with, with, um, um, the, the previous generation is if they don't understand something, it, it gets de it gets demonized or it gets called crazy, which is a yeah, trigger world wrong. for me. It's like oh they they just being crazy. It's like no, they're you know X Y and Z and and I I had this talk with my my mom um, last season right around last season we we did the uh, the C word uh, episode where we talked about mental health and crazy being a trigger word and everything and i was like my like oh i was like cunt <laughs> not that c word <laughs> uh but you know i i told her i said you know there are times and i don't think you mean it maliciously that you say this word without really realizing like what you may be like what you may be saying or what you may be indicating i said i just want you to kind of monitor even go listen to the episode uh i sent her the link to go listen to i was like even go listen to it just so you understand where i'm coming from so you don't just think i'm just like telling you hey don't do this or else you know it's like i'm really coming at from a way of like explaining to you that everything just because you don't understand it doesn't necessarily mean it's crazy it's just different it's different like i'm different i'm very different than maybe you thought i would have turned out to be i'm 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 not a doctor or, or a lawyer or engineer like we thought I was going to be, but I'm happy. I'm good, you know. So I, I do think these pressures, um, but then there's the pressures that we put on ourselves too, now that I think about it. There's, there's pressure to, I know in the arts, I feel a lot of pressure, or at least I put a lot of pressure on myself to, um, to up what I just did. Yeah. So like I'm about to go do uh do ragtime uh in Minnesota playing Cole House. How do I up that? I'm already putting pressure on myself for the rest of the year. One to be booked for the rest of the year, but also how do I up that? Like yeah. I got a dream role. All right, what's next? What's what are we doing? Are we you know, and then it becomes that, am I good enough, like, to even get something bigger? Like, so it's this, uh, like, this cycle of pressure. And then at a certain point, you just, like, the timer's on. Like, all right, um, we're going to have a breakdown in two weeks. <laughs> just giving you a notice. Um, and which, kind of going back to Encanto, we, we see it with the house. Like, at a certain point, the foundation on whatever any of this is built on, at a certain point, is going to start to crack 
and then you're just kind of left with what remains to be something not foundationally good anymore um and then it's like all right (laughs) what do we go from here (laughs) yeah yeah yes i agree (laughs) (laughs) um what was another thing uh i had all these questions and we've hit so many of them (laughs) oh sorry no no no. you're good you're good i guess one thing i i've i've wondered um and we see this kind of towards the end of encanto with this resolution this kind of acceptance of progressive yes is that I guess we could say it's kind of progressive. Yes, maybe so. Is progressive. Oh yeah. No, no. I'm uh, the um, the ending where you know they build a new house, and mm-hmm. I feel like Abuela has a newfound understanding of her family and who they are, sure, and yeah. and and everything. Do uh, looking at the real world as it relates to just family and people in general. Um, kind of going back to the difference between generations. Do you think? there we've seen a a kind of rise and progression from um, the previous generation into kind of our generation of doing things and seeing things and accepting people as a whole um, no matter where they come from or what they do or whatnot I mean do you mean like progressivism like yeah I guess in a sense yeah okay yeah yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) the gave it away I know (laughs) Boy, boy. I mean, I would love to think yes, but um, again, I think the fact that I, I think it's a really good question, actually, because uh, I was going to say, you know, you see things like a Tennessee school board removing a book from its libraries and yeah. from its curriculum uh, and, and it's a progressive book and you think, no, Cherius, no, we're going to die a slow, miserable, conservative death um but i i i but i am so inspired by people younger than me by Mm. by actual progressives and i do i do notice that the ones who are more willing to put themselves on the line put their money put their happiness put their livelihoods um even their bodies and their health and their their life on the line are younger Mm. um younger than me or people my age younger than, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80 year olds. Um, But uh, I think something happens to, I think it's easy for me as a single woman to be much more progressive than somebody with children. Mm -hmm. I think you inherently become a bit more scared, a bit more, um, uh, a bit more insular when you have children because you want to keep them safe. Yeah. Uh, uh, In the same way, respect that I think the more money you have weird how that if there's a correlation between the more you have and the, the more you want to keep so the more conservative yeah. you become yeah. I don't know I don't know if younger generations are becoming more progressive I hope they are I am seeing the most progressive people that I'm seeing are younger people mm-hmm. um, but I think it's not just a generational thing I think it's a means thing I think it's a if you procreated thing I think it's I think a lot of things contribute to your politics and your view of the world mm-hmm. okay all right I'll t- I, I think we can we can we can take that answer <laughs> we'll take it everyone see encanto though uh yes 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 uh i think i have one final thing 
we got to talk about Bruno uh, and why, oh. why Bruno was not talked about. Uh, I think that is a big part. I know, especially in black culture, um, growing up, it's like uh, keep everything kind of like hidden and not talked about. And what is like, what in the world? And then you get older and you uncover all these things like, I I have either been lied to or somebody didn't tell me whole truths. So either way, it's bad. Um, but it's like, why why keep those things like hidden? Uh, why not discuss the things? Because as we can see in the movie, it becomes more like detrimental. It breaks more than it like keeps safe. And sometimes the truth isn't necessarily as bad as it's being made out to be. Um, like the movie basically just showed two possible outcomes and that that's it. That was the truth. Um, and kind of in life, we're faced always with two outcomes, two choices, and we get to choose it. But if the choice is taken from us, we don't really have much room to again, expand and grow. I don't know. I, I have a difficult thing about like not talking about things. Um, I'm one of those people like I like knowledge. I like being a no, not necessarily being nosy, but I like knowing things. I I like having bit certain amount of information going into things, uh, so I'm well informed. Uh, I used to be on the debate team growing up, so that was kind of my thing. How much information about this do I know and feel comfortable enough to argue against somebody? Um, or not even in this case. A lot of times, my arguments nowadays aren't necessarily arguments; they're discussions to then grab more understanding i ask a lot of, i'm the kid that asked a lot of whys which is probably why i got in trouble a lot it's like you can't have that why <laughs> but what is your reason yeah yeah i'm, I'm i gotta ask because i remember somebody asked me was telling me something we um some financial and they were like we can't do this and i was like why <laughs> well because we can't okay why <laughs> like you're not yeah. you're not really because uh, because what you're doing you're lessening my opportunity to learn more about something that i have no clue about mm -hmm. um and i and i think a lot of times and and we see it kind of with this this book man it's it's well we not having this book okay why well th and even if they answer this answer don't really seem that valid <laughs> Yeah. You, you see how that works? It's like, we're going to give you a why, but it's not really the why. It's not the why you, you no, really want No, it's a it. why we've made up right now because we don't want you to judge our actual why. Yeah. And and, and I, I I definitely, I also said, I got to go back and watch it because the the way they, 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 in a sense, demonize Bruno is like, Bruno was just out here being a menace. Like, yeah, that's crazy. What's funny is that even in the song, you're it, like, why don't, why, why don't we? So what's the issue? Right. Literally, <laughs> he told me my fish would die the next day, dead. dead. He told you. He said it was coming. He just informed you. He told you you'd lose your hair. Now look at my head. Oh, you mean you lost your hair? Like. 
is this is this a Bruno issue or is this a you shouldn't ask questions you don't want the answers to issue or not prepared <laughs> <laughs> for the answer? Yeah, like I don't understand. It doesn't even like they. I I like the correlation they made between yeah. Bruno having like mental health issues and and we don't talk about mental health issues. But I yeah. think what accidentally ended up happening is that Bruno is the is sort of the physical manifestation of we aren't ready to face these difficult truths (laughs) it's not really mental health it's more i don't want to know that i'm going to grow old i don't want to know that i am unlovable until i work on myself i don't want to know that i uh, you know that i am infallible i don't want to know that i'm blissfully ignorant (laughs) sometimes Mm -hmm. but yeah but even this is this is something that uh i also noticed and we're not talking about bruno is uh shape-shifting nephew i can't think of his name i don't remember his name either his depiction of of bruno which leads me to believe that people were talking about bruno but just not in the way of like good things because this man said seven foot frame rats along his back when he calls like this whole demonized way i was like first off bruno don't look seven feet nothing Mm -hmm. like he probably five six five seven on a good day you know mm-hmm. but it's it's also this thing of what's being talked about in in households and in groups and that kind of thing and how are we trading information or disinformation that's a big you know that's a big thing in our society right now which i never thought we would get to a place where disinformation <laughs> the truth the truth isn't the truth right i was like <laughs> You you really gonna try to convince me that I'm not rocking a burgundy hoodie right now? You gonna try to convince me it's green? It's clearly burgundy. <laughs> What's happening here? Yeah. And yeah. But, but that's the thing though. Like we we see we see these elements of almost like real world implications uh, in Encanto. Like I said, you know, you got disinformation uh, amongst family members or amongst uh, a community that then affects the viewpoint of someone else. Um, I saw this, I, I, w- I want to say in college, and I, and I think it's just gotten worse, it's like the liberal agenda. Uh, all through guys like, and I went to Alabama, so I'm like. Yeah, University of Alabama Rotate. Yeah, so it's like. I'm also a Rotate. Oh, come through, love it. <laughs> but you know, even when I was down there, it was kind of like, okay, I, I don't, you know, it's like, where do y'all get these things like about you know things that may or may not know and then again it goes all the way back to the family what are we teaching in our homes what are we actually talking about um what are we in our excuse me in our quiet time what are we feeding ourselves as well um like you said you're a big you're a big reader uh and like i said that that is huge because in my opinion and and it's also kind of I think it's been talked about scientifically like with reading expanding knowledge comes power there's mm-hmm. you know knowledge is power so i don't i don't know it's it's we got to talk about things we got to talk about the hard things the things yes. and, and i i said this um to my therapist we were talking about uh something in my family uh and i said she asked me do you think you can do x y and z i said i do but I am a person, I don't believe you can put 
new things on an old foundation. Yeah. Hence, when the house officially broke, like you had to build a new one because everything has to come down at a certain point. All the, you know, not talking about things or ignoring things or putting pressure on it, it's, it's going to come to a head. And if you try to put on something that's completely new, it won't work. You know, we saw that with Mary Saul trying to fix the cracks or Bruno trying to fix the cracks himself. But, you know, but at a certain point, it's all got to come down in order for the new things to come in. So, yeah, it's just that it's a it's a it's a snake eating its tail kind of thing, because um, even if you are well-meaning and you're and you're saying in, within your family circle, we don't talk about this thing, even if you don't give a reason. Mm hmm. It's inferred that we don't talk about this thing, and therefore this thing we don't talk about must be bad. Yeah. Because you, because why would you not talk about it? We talk about good things, right? And it, um, it absolutely leads to the question of well, what are you talking about in your family circle, in your family unit units, in your family structure, among your your extended relatives? Because you know, going along with going to the University of Alabama, um, I had one of the like most. Uh, I still have nightmares about it. One of the most sort of uh, life-affecting instances of like both racism and homophobia happened to myself and a couple of friends who mm -hmm. went down to, from University of Alabama, who went down to um, Alabama Shakespeare mm -hmm. to watch a show. Um, and uh, we went to a, um, to a restaurant and there was this huge, like I think baseball tournament and all the kids and their parents, I guess, had gone after we kind of got caught up in that in that crowd because mm. we just went to this restaurant for food. But there was like a long wait because this tournament had just come out. And, you know, what we it was a bunch of like um, theater kids and dancers. Yeah. Um, and so we, we stuck out and they uh, ran us out of the restaurant you know uh when we had we like drove off in a panic we called the police the police didn't come to help us they actually came on behalf of like the fucking parents and the kids that tournament. it was insane and it and it when you were talking about those things about what do we talk about and what do we not talk about i was like you know it's the classic it's the you know general understanding that things that you hate are born of things that you fear mm -hmm. and why do you fear these things because you don't have an understanding of these things. Why don't you have an understanding of these things? Well, could it be because you don't talk about them? Because you fear them and therefore you end up hating them? Because you don't understand them? Yeah. Because you fear them? Yeah. Because you yeah. hate them? Because you don't understand it's, them? Because you don't talk about them? Yeah. It's, it's a snake eating this tail, like you said. It's it's all these things. And and, and it's, it's like I said, it's within the family and with outside of the family. Um, but I, I like to think that conversations like this and just openly having conversations in general help to progress the notion of it's okay to talk about these things mm -hmm. and not to fear them um that's why i'm i'm very i like going into certain spaces as a fully realized black man and being like yeah i'm here i wear a hoodie i listen to all types of music because I think it was one thing that I, I had an interaction with was like, I'm not the typical black guy. I had that. Oh, black girl God. Up. Yeah, I had a lot of that. That's gross. Up. What the fuck does that even mean? You know, I still to this day don't know. I, I think I'm, you know, 
it was like because then you're like you're like okay then what is the typical <laughs> black guy? And huh? then it go and then it goes. Well, you know they. Uh, I was like, I, I, I want you to, but I, you know, I want you to say it. I want you to just yeah. tell um, me, tell me what stupidity is running. <laughs> but you know, I, I, I like to think that that people are the right people are changing their minds about different things and growing in their own knowledge and asking questions. Um, which I think is a big thing. I had a, a cast mate of mine recently um, who was saying a joke and it didn't clock anything to me. I'm at a certain point when I'm locked into a show in rehearsal, I just kind of black out and just I'm doing the things. And they said a joke. And in the moment I laughed my ass off. I was like, ah, ha, 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 ha. and then they text me later on that evening. I was like, Hey, um, is that okay? Like, cause I'm, I'm the only black male uh performer in this show uh, male wise there's like two girls but i'm the only black male in the show how many uh, people in the cast i think it's like 12 of us there's a black there's a black male dancer i'm the only black male singer and then there are two uh black female singers uh and so i'm I, sorry they have to fucking hold up that mantle by the way but you know it, 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 you know, it is like that sometimes. But she asked me, basically the joke was um, that she was making at the time was like tall, dark, and handsome was the joke. There's three guys, both white guys, tall white guys, and it's just me. And she said tall, dark, and handsome. And I was like, ha, ha, ha. And like, because it didn't clock to me in that moment. But then she texted me and was like, hey, is this okay? I don't want to like offend you or this kind of thing. And I was like, Actually, now that you mention it, like, it could be problematic. <laughs> it could be kind of problematic. But she changed yeah. it. She was real cool about changing it. And I was like, I appreciate that because I've been in some instances where people have said things like, my success is only because I'm a black male. Um, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to my dressing room now <laughs> and yeah. uh, close the door. Uh, yeah. And then you start questioning things that normally you wouldn't question it's like yeah every yeah everything i tell i've done a couple of podcasts related to theater and or just the arts arts and activism things like that yeah but um i i always tell the the story of how um i think i've gotten outright cast without auditioning for a couple of things in my career and i never feel like i earned them i never feel like i, I there was one time poor justin anderson i he cast me outright in a show that I later won like an award for. Award is relative because mm. they're stupid. But <laughs> um, he, I remember specifically being like, "Are you sure you don't want me to audition? Because how do you know I can do this? You know, like mm. I need to earn it. I need to. It needs to be harder for me in order to feel like it, it's mm. I've earned it." And I remember specifically, I was this is these all these shows with the same theater. I was in the middle of doing one show and auditions for another show were happening and all the other women in my show had been called in to audition for this other show at the same theater. Um, and I wasn't, <laughs> um, and I'm in the show that's happening right now. <laughs> um, and so, you know, whatever, I'm, I'm not super prideful. Uh, so I sucked myself, I sucked up whatever pride that I had yeah. that might've been mixed in and I asked to be seen. I auditioned and I booked it. And I remember all these other girls, they were all white. Um, 
uh, had gotten to rehearsal or to the show that we were all in, you know, at that time Mm -hmm. together, um, they got to the backstage before me and they were all in one dressing room talking and I gotten got to my dressing room and I heard a little bit of what they were talking about in a different dressing room and they were talking about how I had gotten cast um, and how did I manage that because I had been talking about how I wasn't even called in and how I only got it like how they definitely should have gotten it because they're the better singers and how they I only got this lead role in this other show because I'm Latina, because the director had decided and had said they were toying with casting um, mm. a woman of color in this lead role. And it has stayed with me forever. And at that end, uh, funny enough, um, and I, I think I've talked to Justin about this before, and I saw I used his name, but in the show that I booked with him that I won that award for, um, he you know, cast me out, right? And I remember one of the first things he said at that first table read was that he knew from the beginning that he wanted a, a, he knew that he wanted a woman of color for this role. And immediately, I just, I felt small. I felt unworthy. I, I was like, so then, so I didn't get this based on merit. Mm. I got this because I filled the quota. And I'm like, joke's on you, I passed for white. <laughs> <laughs> um, but even then, you're like, that's going towards color. We're uh, all, yes. Latina are all different colors, and that's colorism. But, like, I just, I absolutely know how you feel. And I mm. still deal with that. I Wicha is a Latina. She's not yeah. just a regular human with a, you know, a regular human woman with regular human woman problems. She's specifically a Latina. Yeah. So I, and most of the roles that I have worked on TV and film have been specifically Latina roles. I'm lucky because I've gotten, uh, I've also gotten my fair share of just a human role, but uh, it lives with me. I don't know that I will ever not feel that way. I will never assume I'm booking something because of my talent and because of my ability. Well, I'll tell you like this, as a fan, as a Diani stand and a a Weecha (laughs) stand, uh, oh, you doing it. You doing the damn thing. You doing the damn thing. I, uh, like I said, I I'm a I'm a diehard Blacklist uh, fan. So watching you uh, when I can catch uh, the episodes um, on demand, I'm like, I know her. I know. Her. <laughs> like, it's probably one of my you know the very proud moments to to see people from our community really kind of elevate, which then makes me go, I can do it. I can do it. You know, however long it takes, whatever. Because uh, whether or not you, I say it, I, you know, or speak it, I like to think a lot of you guys are my like chosen family. The Atlanta community is my other chosen family outside of my many other ones. But you know, I if one of us makes it, in a sense, we kind of all make it, and it gives us a signal that we can we can obtain the things that we wish um, and and going for it. So. But all right, guys. Well, that was the table read. Uh man, I'm, I'm pretty sure I could talk to Deanna like all day. <laughs> but I got things I got to go do. Uh, but I'm pretty sure she does too. But y'all keep a lot. We're gonna take a quick break and then we'll come back for our BTR moment, our brief think release. So keep it locked. See y'all in a minute.
Welcome back, guys. Welcome back. Welcome back. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. Uh, right now is our Breathe, Think, Release moment. This is kind of where we try to wrap up this episode in a pretty nice bow and send you on your way. So we talked about a lot of stuff today. Like, we talked about a lot of stuff. But the center point is all about family and how we grow as a family. Uh, if you haven't already, please go check out Encanto. It is an amazing film, amazing music, amazing story that's so multi-layer. I'm telling you, once you watch it, you're going to be watching uh, fan theories, and and, and it, you're just going to be deep diving into it. You're going to be hearing, we don't talk about Bruno in your sleep like I did for like two weeks straight. So, But all in all, uh, family is important uh, as, uh, to me. Uh, I'm a big person about family, especially chosen family, and, and me and Deani talked about it. Um, the, the theater community here in Atlanta, I, I, I mean, they're my family. Um, but then also I have my, my blood related family, my uh, fraternity brothers family, you know, and, and there are things that we have to learn in those spaces or even sometimes unlearn, uh, things that we need to talk about that we don't talk about. Um, sometimes the, the truth is, is needed no matter how hard it is, um, to grow and expand us. And, and much like in Kanto, when those things aren't discussed, we start seeing cracks in our foundation and our personality and who we are and how we operate. And the best way to do that or avoid that is get rid of the notion that we can't talk about these things, such as like mental health and finance and um, gender equality, gender roles, things that basically keep us in the former and don't allow us to be uh, progressive and growing individuals. Uh, we have to keep expanding. We have to keep growing. And also, I would I would pose you to maybe even consider challenging your family uh, at a certain point, not in a disrespectful way, but challenge them to grow and to expand in their knowledge as well. Sometimes they just don't know something. And in, in a way of not understanding something is demonized or, or called crazy or it's refuted. But I mean, try exposing them to some things and, and opening their eyes to what could be more. Uh, I think that's a fa fabulous thing about uh, Marisol is is she, after a while, brings her family together by creating a new foundation on which to build the family upon and going from there. Um, and I think a lot of times we have to be the champions of our family to do that, get rid of generational curses and move on to bigger and greater things within the family, healing the family in a way for them to expand and be better humans um, so that the next generation has something to build upon. So family is everything. Love your family. Love on them. Uh, even when they get on your nerves, even when they get on your nerves. But more importantly, know that you can be the change in your family, much like Marisol, and expand the world in which we live in for the better. So that is our BTR moment. Shout out to Diani Rodriguez for being on this episode. That was so great. So real as only she can be. I love it. I can't wait to see what the rest of the season is going to bring. Uh, Lydia will be back really, 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 really soon. I miss her. Uh, but I'm so excited to have her back real soon. So if you haven't already, please go check out season one, season two, and this current season, season three on all major streaming platforms. Also, if you haven't already, which you should be, go follow us on social media platforms at Black Table Read. And if you just so happen, 
want to make a comment or want us to cover something at some point, yo, shoot us an email at blacktableread at gmail.com. This is your boy, Mr. Jerry's Clyde, a.k.a. Mr. King Petty himself. See y'all next time. Take it easy. Hey.